Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Take the Black Live. I am Dan Selke, the editor at WinterIsComing.net. I am here with Cheryl Wassenaar, an editor at Culturist.com. Yes. Dot com. <laughs> and we are here to talk about all things Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire on uh, Take the Black Live. And, of course, to give away some Game of Thrones Funko Pop figures. Hello, Holler, et cetera, Fancy. and so forth. We are going to give away some Funko Pop figures for you, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones figures. Uh, that's going to be a little later in the show. That's true. But we do have a little uh, preview for you. We got fun.com, so you choose between one of 28 Funko Pop figures, all based on your favorite Game of Thrones figures. I'll give you just answer a trivia question later in the show. There are some samples right over there. Which one would you choose, Cheryl? Uh... They have Daenerys on Dragonstone where she's sitting on the throne. And I actually have that one. That's a good one. Yeah. I feel like it would make a great centerpiece, but honestly, like Cersei Lannister is also a great option. I want the Cersei, personally. Yeah. But there's lots more where that came from. We'll get to that a little later in the show. Okay. First of all, hi, everybody, for coming. Hi, everyone. Jenny, Regina, Jasmine, uh, Jackson, Marie, everybody here, Kathy, Brian. Good to see you all. And uh, let's start with some Game of Thrones news tidbits, let's Cheryl. Let's do it. As always, things are pouring in. Even though filming is over, you can't stop the, the feeling. <laughs> I think is, is that just Timberlake? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. First bit of news we have to discuss real quick before we get into the meat of the topic. Okay. All right. Mark Gattis. Are you familiar with Mark Gattis? I am familiar with his work. He is. This is a pretty big, important, not very, very big in the nerdosphere, I guess, of yeah, TV. That's accurate. You know, Doctor Who, um, Sherlock. And he plays the Iron Banker Tycho Nestoris on Game of Thrones. He uh, was the guy who, yeah, last year gave Cersei a big old loan. She hired the Golden Company. So important to the plot of the show. Mm-hmm. According to the actor, Mark Gattis, uh, minor spoiler coming up, he is not returning for the final season of Game of Thrones. Does that mean anything? Or is that just a little factoid? I feel like it is. it means something in the sense that it'll be a shame not to see him try and weasel like try and get Cersei to repay her loan. Sure. I think that would be an interesting thing because, you know, at at this point Cersei's kind of fighting several wars on several fronts in the sense that, you know, she has this money coming in, but that's going to come due eventually. She can't, and the crown right. owes the Iron Bank a lot of money anyway. It does. 
And I had this wild idea that Iron Banker show up at the end to whoever's won and is like, <laughs> you guys still owe us money, even though you guys didn't take out the loan. The crown took out the loan and you have the crown. That will be a fun epilogue kind of thing. Yes, you gotta pay. I mean, I can't see Cersei paying back. I, I'm not really expecting her to survive the whole thing. <laughs> but it, you're right, it will be fun. I, mean, I, I can't see the Iron Bank playing a part in what I expect will be five pretty bombastic let's fight for the survival of humanity type episodes. Mm. You know, they, they've done their purpose. She has an army now. She'll use it. But you're right. It would be fun to see at the very end, maybe, when things return to normal a bit, you know, an epilogue. You'd be like, hey, now that the apocalypse is averted, let's talk about money again. <laughs> right? It would be great. And, ju and just because he's not there doesn't mean there can't be an Iron Bank representative there. Exactly. After all, it is a temple made of stones. You remove one stone, the temple retains its shape, as Tywin Lannister would say. Indeed. All right. So that's fun. And hey, hey Julie, hey, Zach, everybody's coming in. Uh, good to see you all. AL asks, didn't they pay the loan already with Highgarden money? They did, but then she took out a brand new loan... Uh, to hire the Golden Company. So they paid back all the money they owed, they'd accrued over like the past 20 years of royal mismanagement, and then she got a new one, and she swiftly <laughs> used all that. So she yes. got some more debt. Good old Cersei, the Lannisters, spendthrifts. Hey. All right. Uh, next, really quick, did you read any at all of the script for The Dragon and the Wolf, the Game of Thrones season seven finale? I did skim over it. I saw the part where it basically implied that Tormund Giants Bane, bearded greatness that he is, mm -hmm. also uh, survives along with Beric Dondarrion, uh, who I'm way less interested in, except for the part where he comes back to life. I mean, Tormund's you great. You and everyone else, I think, are the fans. It's yeah. Like, Tormund's a fan favorite character. Barrick's like, I guess he's fine character. He's okay. I mean, he's a cool flaming sword, <laughs> but not, not Tormund. He is not Tormund. Yeah, so like the, the Emmys, because this episode was nominated for an Emmy for Best Writing in a Series, right. they put the script up on um, the website. And I always enjoy looking at scripts. Just, you know, the way that, like, what directions are given there that ends up on the screen, what is invented by the director. It's interesting to look at. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm going to ask you, I'm not entirely sure that it confirms Tormund lives. All it says is, like, they run away. Like, that could mean anything. It doesn't it's mean that they body. don't go down. Don't it, it kill my hopes. It doesn't specify Tormund's body. You're right. Don't kill my hopes, Dan. I, th I think they'll be fine. I'm I actually wanted to ask you. Yes. So there was a minor, I, I, I actually got into a bit of an argument with some commenters um, on Whoa. Wick. Go there. It's happening. About <laughs> um, some of, like, the kind of colloquial asides that they put in there. So, for example, okay. when they're talking about um, the scene where John and Jorah are giving suggestions to Daenerys about how to get to the north, and she goes with Jon's, like, Jorah's frustrated, right? Because this is his dream girl. And so the, the kind of the, the script note is, who is this punk-ass little shitburger who's stealing my Khaleesi? That kind of thing. And the argument basically is, is that unbecoming of a scriptwriter? Or is that just a fun way to communicate something to, to the actor? You apparently, okay, or it's just funny. I mean, it is just funny. It's um, just funny. I, I can kind of understand why it would be in there. Josh, Josh is taking the, on vacation today, by the way, to the commenters, but yeah. we're going to be here. We, we didn't Game of Thrones him, guys. He's fine. <laughs> um, no. I would say that, A, it's hilarious. Yeah, it is. Um, and B, it's a great way to kind of channel a modern sensibility of how to capture the emotion that the scriptwriter is looking for. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Exactly. You know, if you're calling someone, you know, a punk ass little shitburger, you know exactly what kind of emotion you're going for there. Yes. 
and then the actor reads it, and then they put it on their face, and, and that's what you get. Exactly. Movie ma- or TV magic. And so I think, you know, sure, is it a little kind of gross that they're, you know, taking my Khaleesi as if she is a thing to be taken. I mean, that's a little but gross. But again, that's inside Jorah's head. Right. Like inside Jorah's head, and Jorah's kind of gross. So yeah, that's fine and allowable. But yeah, I, I don't think it's bad or anything. I think it's a, it's a good way to kind of convey to Ian Glenn, like, hey, here's the kind of emotion we're looking for here. I mean, you've probably got it down on lock because you've been playing this mm-hmm. character since 2011, but just in case, here you go. Yeah. And also, Jon Snow is a punk ass. <laughs> it's just a fun three it's, words put together. It's just great. Like, I'm going to add that to my list of insults now. <laughs> I think we all should. Uh, yes. I mean, I, I, I agree with you completely. And just, I, I know that I'm mm-hmm. arguing against someone who's not there right now. And I hope we'd continue our wonderful discussions in the comments because there is a great place, the Wit comments section. But uh, yeah, it just there was an argument that like it seemed like it was uh, I don't know it just not done in a script, and I just didn't agree with that. I think you communicate however you can to the actor to do, and even though the words "punk ass little shit burger" are are modern, frustration is eternal. It's true, and it, it, we can get that across. It's a good thing. I'm gonna I'm just gonna declare myself the victor. <laughs> I haven't read the argument, Even so though I can't, no one I can't is there in. to just say the other side. It's okay. You, <laughs> you win in our hearts, Dan. You all win right. in our hearts. Anyway. Okay. Let's, I want to talk about something that we're all going to grapple with okay. in the near future. By the way, the Funko Pops are coming. Don't you worry. We're going to give that away in a minute. Uh, but first, I want to talk about something I've been thinking about lately. What to do after Game of Thrones is over. Where do... What, what, what am I going to do with all this uh, enthusiasm and interest... <laughs> in this uh, fantasy series. Where's it going to go? I don't know, Dan. Where is it going to go? I'll tell you where it's going to go. Okay. It could go into <laughs> one of several splashy, glossy, SFX-heavy, uh, epic fantasy-slash-sci-fi shows that other networks are readying to fill the pop culture hole that will surely be left when Game of Thrones ends. There's going to be a bit of a power vacuum in the fantasy TV space, and there are a lot of folk who want to spend a lot of money to rush in there and fill it and get eyeballs and merchandising rights and all that kind of stuff. And I thought we, you and I would go through some of the big contenders, like okay. some of the big shows on the horizon that are clearly kind of inspired by Game of Thrones, even if they say they're not, in terms of their scale and their ambition and just their, their dedication to going big in an effort to um, get people to watch them and answer two questions. And everybody out there, I want you to answer this too with us. We're going to answer for these upcoming Game of Thrones-ish shows. Will you watch them and be on a scale of 1 to 10? How likely are they to actually fill the hole Game of Thrones will leave in the pop culture sphere and your hearts? 10 being very likely, 1 being they won't. Okay. Sounds good. There's no name for this game, but we're just going to play. Do you have anything come to your head? Oh, no, I guess there is a Game of Thrones follow-up face-off. There we go. I even wrote that beforehand. Oh, I forgot it. I was just going to say a game of a game of successors, but that also works. You know, but I don't have the alliteration. Anyway, okay. bring in the contenders, Dan. Okay, first show. This is an obvious one, I think. Amazon is spending $500 million to make two seasons, just, just the first two, of a Lord of the Rings prequel spinoff rumored to be about the life of a young Aragorn 
aka Strider, aka what's that actor's name again? Vigo Morton. Vigo Mortensen. Uh, although he won't be in it. So, first question: Would you watch Young Aragorn, five hundred million dollar Lord of the Rings show on Amazon? Yeah, I guess. Like it's it's <laughs> one of those shows where it's like I feel like I should watch this because. I enjoyed the Lord of the Rings movies a Mm -hmm. lot as a young person when they came out. I enjoy the world of Lord of the Rings, even if I don't always enjoy Tolkien's writing about it. And I enjoy Aragorn as a character. Um, So yes, I'll probably watch it. What I would like to know is why can't Amazon use that $500 million to like, I don't know, pay my student loans, like <laughs> pay its workers more or something like five. That's half a billion dollars for the first two seasons. For the first two seasons. How much do you think they're going to spend on seasons three and four if they make seasons three and four, huh? Eight dollars. Like there's a lot. <laughs> half a billion dollars. It keeps blowing my mind. So, But you would watch it. Yes. I would agree. you watch it? Would yes. You? I would watch this show just because I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see, you know, what, what the next step in uh, the TV bombacity ladder is like. Because <laughs> it's going to be going for it. Mm-hmm. How likely do you think it is to actually fill the space Game of Thrones will leave on a scale of 1 to 10? I am going to give it a 6. That sounds... I think it sounds about right. Yeah. I was going to go with seven. I think it's a little more likely to fill that hole just because it is kind of the same-ish mm-hmm. subject material. Mm-hmm. Known property. S- yeah, known property. Sort of a similar setting. And again, we'll give that um, shock and awe people people like. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a good idea out of the gate, it's another discussion. But I, I do think it'll be talked about and will at least fill, fill some kind of need when it comes around. Oh, for sure. And Amazon Lisa Prime. gives it a four, and Karen is on a zero. <laughs> Lisa gives it a three. Okay. Oh, and Jasmine's a seven. All right. You and me, Jasmine, we're together All right. on, on this topic. Okay. Next show at a four. Next contender. Let's go a little uh, more obscure because there are a lot of fans property out there. Nobody wants to adapt them. Uh, Netflix yes. is adapting the Witcher series of books. Have you ever heard of this? I have. Cool. You, you ever play the game? I know, but I... I didn't either. I, I have not played the Witcher games. I've heard a lot about them. Me too. They are, they are known, they right? They are known. Just a known they're quantity. popular-ish. Um, popular-ish, I guess. Popu- popular. If you're a gamer, you, you've you know definitely heard of it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's another medievalist series. I actually mm-hmm. just wanted to read the, read the books a little bit, just because I want to prepare for this. Um, Geralt of Rivia is like a swash buckling demon hunting badass kind of guy who wanders around this uh, fantasy kingdom you might you should check him out why not sounds up we read them together and uh kills demons is a badass takes jobs and uh they're very very popular i haven't played the game but they're making a show of it henry cavill might be in it he wants in i want to see that somebody posted somebody posted fan art of henry cavill as gerald and that was quick i saw it and i was like this is the kind of content I need to see in my life. All right. So would you watch it? If Henry Cavill is, is in it? Absolutely. If he's not, <laughs> yeah, probably still. Especially if it's on Netflix. Especially There's, if it's on Netflix. said for ease of access. I'm telling you. I mean, it's right there. Yeah. I'd probably give it a watch if it's mm-hmm. just right there. It's Henry Cavill. Just on, I already have Netflix. Like a lot of people do. It'd be simple. I would watch it. I watched the first episode. Why not? Nothing to lose. 
except an hour of your time, but that's not too bad. What do you think the odds are it could fill the Space Game of Thrones up behind a scale of 1 to 10? I'm going to say a 4.5. I did not say we could do percentage, but I'll, I'll allow it. Okay. You didn't specify, so I, I went didn't. for it. I didn't. You're right. You, so I you went for it. took advantage of the ambiguity. Because... As you said, there's a lot of ease of access in it, but yeah. there's also the problem that Netflix puts out so much content mm -hmm. that it's sometimes hard to kind of weed through. I mean, every once in a while, you'll get something that kind of bubbles up to the surface of pop culture, like Stranger, Stranger Things. things yeah. But I don't know necessarily if this is going to have the same Stranger Things mm -hmm. explosion, because it's trading on something different. Right. I also wonder if it's like a little too narrow, just one person this is about. Mm. Um, I'd give it about a four, too. Yeah. I'm not sure it has that much penetration. No. But this next one, three out of four. We'll get into the Tonka Puffs. Don't worry. And everybody, uh, Lisa says, never heard of it, but your enthusiasm, your enthusiasm makes me curious. Good for all of us. Jasmine, this kind of stuff I need in my life. Can't agree with that. <laughs> and Beverly, Henry Cavill, worth watching, definitely. Ooh, Joseph, make a Diablo live action. That'd be kind of cool. Would also watch Diablo live action. All right, action. the next one out all of right, four. All right, the next one. Disney has its own streaming service coming up, of course, because we got to pay more for that. Um, is going to make a live action, I believe the first ever, a live action Star one. Wars television show. John Favreau of Iron Man fame is directing. Rumor is $100 million for the first season, about what season six of Game of Thrones cost, which was, you know, pretty good looking season. Um, set three years after the end of Return of the Jedi. As reports have it, yes. As reports have it, yes. On a planet I've never heard of called... Uh, Mandalore. Again? Mandalore, there you go. I don't know what that means, but the point is, you know, uh, like a, a sprawling series about this planet coming back after the fall of the Empire. You know who Boba Fett is, right? Yes, I do. He, he wears Mandalorian armor. Look at that. That's a lead-in right there. There could be cameos. Uh, well, no, Boba Fett's dead. Well, maybe dead. It's complicated. Yeah, I, sometimes I, he's dead, sometimes he's not. I know enough to know there is contention over that point. Yes. <laughs> you know enough to be dangerous, Dan. <sighs> so <laughs> This is a danger to nobody. <laughs> so on the inevitable question, would I watch it? Mm -hmm. Yes. I like Star Wars. I like Star Wars a lot. I have a lot of problems with how Star Wars is run lately, but yeah. I am intrigued by the concept, nevertheless, and I will okay. probably watch it, probably on a free trial, because I don't know if I want to pay for Disney's streaming service. Right, that's something that's bugging me a bit, mm -hmm. streaming service. I'm not sure if I would. I'm not a giant Star Wars fan. Like, I'm just, you know, it's so saturated right now, mm -hmm. and unless they do something really interesting to, uh, to really sell me, it's going to be different and worth watching. I'm not sure... I think I'd wait for the reviews and then and then try it out. Hundred million dollars is enough isn't enough to entice you. Hey, when Amazon spent on five hundred million on two seasons, you have to, you have to raise the bar. <laughs> not Step anymore. It, it would have been it would have been enough like three years ago. Not anymore. Step it up, Disney. Um. So yes, am I going to watch it? Is it going to fill the Game of Thrones cultural vacuum? gonna go a little controversial controversial on this and i'm going to say it has a zero no way because game of thrones and star wars have different cultural niches that's mm -hmm. star wars already has a big enough share of the cultural niche that it doesn't need to fill game of thrones's vacuum too i'm gonna disagree with you and say that yes it has a huge cultural mind share mm -hmm. but not on tv really 
It doesn't have, I mean, I, I know there are TV shows about it, mm -hmm. but it hasn't set the world on fire like Game of Thrones has with its TV shows with Clone Wars or whatever. Mm -hmm. There are worlds left to conquer. I know it seems impossible, but there are. Right. Even for something as big as Star Wars. But the thing is, Disney doesn't, if Disney needed Star Wars to conquer TV in mm -hmm. the way that you're thinking, they wouldn't have put it on their streaming service. Like, at this point, putting the Star Wars live action on the streaming service is a way to basically say, please come pay money for our streaming service. Here is mm -hmm. something you can get nowhere else. Right. And if they needed it to be a TV thing instead, they could have absolutely found a space for it on like ABC or something. And again, like HBO's Agents a, of Shield, right there. Then again, like HBO is a premium network, and Game of right. Thrones has taken over. Right. Although, I mean, granted, it's a much older premium network than Disney's yet to be born streaming service. <laughs> but I actually was going to go a little higher and go with like seven or okay. even six. And okay. Say, I mean, Amazon. Well, I guess Amazon's a little weird in between thing with how they work. I think if anything has a chance of occupying that space, it might be something huge like Star Wars. Well, then again, just my contrarianism with not wanting to watch if it's already so oversaturated. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure people will share that or not. What are the zero, comments Zero. Beverly's with you. Zero. Thanks, Jasmine, Beverly. Stars is great. Definitely give it a try. Carolina, I would watch it. <laughs> Lisa, it's Star Wars. I'd definitely give it a watch. Um, and Linda, is John and Danny going to be in the prequel? No. Sadly, no. Nice, easy answer. And Julie hates Star Wars with a passion. Poke me in the eye with a stick. Ooh, I like the, <laughs> and I, and I, I enjoy the negativity. Uh, Julie, please, it's please never it, ask me what's in my apartment. It's, it's pretty a lot of Star evenly Wars split between yes and no for Star Wars. Okay. All right, interesting. We'll see what happens when it happens. And finally, the last contender on this list. All right. This is the most obscure, probably, but that could be a good thing. I mean, Game of Thrones was kind of obscure when it came out, too. Uh, Showtime is making a show based on The King Killer Chronicles, a fantasy series of books by a dude named, by a bearded, slow writing fantasy maven called Patrick Rothfuss, George R. R. Martin Shades. He has two books out. They are very well received in the fantasy community. Uh, again, medievalish era, although they're, they're, they're very different. They, they center around a dude named Kvothe, who's spelled. K-V-O-T-H-E. Pretentious? I don't know. And it's kind of, it's a, it's, they're written very lyrically, okay. and they're very dense, very dense with the world building. Of course. Naturally. <laughs> uh, they move a little slow, um, and Lin-Manuel Miranda of Hamilton is going to executive produce and write the music, because a lot of it involves, like, playing instruments and stuff. Does this intrigue you? Have you read any of the King Killer books? I have not. I feel like my face conveys it all, but for those of us who are listening to the podcast, I'm basically kind of sitting with one yes, of my hands. the podcast is available on iTunes. And it is. Um, please subscribe, leave us reviews, all that good yes. stuff. But for those of, uh, those of you who are listening to the podcast, I'm kind of sitting with my head in my hand, <laughs> like my temple is resting on my palm right now, because it just sounds, just sounds like a lot, and I don't know if it will translate well anyway, even with the help of Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote a musical about Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton, of all people. And made it, and made like it huge. the Game of Thrones of musicals. Pretty much. So, you know, who am I to, who am I to say nay? I mean, but it just sounds like it, it's not something that might translate well okay. to TV as a medium. Would you watch? <sighs> Probably will, even though I don't have Showtime. So you are four for four. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. 
I'm um, always looking for new TV shows to be obsessed with. So, I what about wa- you, Dan? I would watch two. I, I have read the books. I have a lot of problems with them, actually. But uh, oh, but that's that's another discussion. Take um, the Black Book Club, man. I'd love it. I would love it. We can do that for <laughs> like bonus episodes. Um, I think that the fact that it's not well known is different, I and mean, clearly, it's 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 something unique. Mm. Might be a point for it. Okay. Like. I, I, I get bored with the idea of another Star Wars TV show or even another Lord of the Rings TV show. Like, it's a known quantity. I want something a little unknown. And I, I think that the original ideas can sometimes grab people in ways that things you expect can't. Like, I'm not sure people were looking... I don't think people knew they won a Game of Thrones before they had it in that kind of I thing. I think that's fair. In the same way that back when Star Wars premiered, people didn't know they needed that kind of blockbuster in life before they got it. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be that, but I am interested in it at least. To, enough to watch. Now, whether I think it'll fill the cultural void, no. I'll say a two on that one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with a two as well. But, you, but you know what, Cheryl? Sometimes twos are wild. And there went the head to the palm again. Great joke, Dan. What, what a show, guys! <laughs> what a show. What do the comments say about the King Killer Chronicles, Dan? Uh, Jasmine feels it might be a generic Game of Thrones. Might have potential with its own plot storylines. She wants to see something about it. <laughs> Eric just says, dear God, that sounds awful. <laughs> so he, he, he's with you. <laughs> Beverly had to give it a go. And Jenny thinks she knows that name. Yeah, it's like under the, the radar a little bit. Yeah. And uh, La Juana with by far the most uh, trenchant comment. You need to iron your banners. Don't like the creases. <laughs> completely with you we should really get on that or steam them or something probably we're sorry guys i'll put them in a room with a lot of steam all right all right and that is those are the four shows that might possibly have a chance at dethrone or just taking the space game of thrones leaves well they're all out they're all like in like two years into the future Mm -hmm. because they're all so opulent they all have to like be planned conveniently enough after game of thrones goes off the air conspiracy theory Two years in the future is 2020. Game of Thrones ends in 2019. Okay. Oh, yes, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. All right. Took now, you a minute, Dan. Took you a minute. We're about to get to our Game of Thrones Funko Pop giveaway. But Woo-hoo! before we do, one other quick little thing. Uh, Daniel uh, Smith, who's a watcher of Take the Black Live, kindly sent in uh, a bunch of pictures of his quite epic and extensive Game of Thrones swag collection. And... Daniel, thank you. It was very, very cool. We looked at all the pictures, put up a little little reel together so you can all see what Daniel's got. He has lots of stuff. Hi, I'm jealous. Breasts. He's got posters. He's got a model hound's head helmet. <laughs> it goes on and on. What? Game of Thrones jewelry. This is all one person's collection. Daniel, I'm not sure, like, where did you... How long did it take you to amass all this stuff if you're watching? I'd be curious, like, how long it what? took you to get all the stuff. He had, like, these behind a whole glass thing. It's oh just what? modeled off for the figurines. It's a whole room full of this stuff. What? And pretty damn cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, look at that. It's like a, it's like a sign still. Nice. Ooh, got to get him shot glasses in the original thing. I think those are shot glasses, right? Yes. And, oh, now that's cool. I would totally have the banners on my, on my wall. And the swords, too. All the swords. He has all the swords. More knives. And it, and it goes on like that. That's, that's like a fourth of them. What? All right. Yeah, I, I mean, I have a very 
prodigious Star Wars collection of Star Wars memorabilia mm -hmm. in my apartment, which is why I said, Julie, please don't look at my, ever ask me what's in my apartment. <laughs> um, but this kind of wins. Like, yeah. this is bonkers. I salute you, sir. A round of applause for Daniel Smith, Game of Super fan. It's a signed 1-1 picture. I love it. Or signed by somebody, I imagine. It's, it's signed by 1-1. Cool. So congrats, Daniel. Thanks for that. If any of you have cool stuff you want to show us, uh, feel free to email me at uh, dan.selke at winnerscoming.net, an address you should remember for our final segment, <laughs> giving away Game of Thrones, Funko Pop figures. Yay! All right. People, if, if, if you've been here before, you know how this works. Um, we're going to give away your choice of 28 Funko Pop figures. We have the four that we already showed you, but there are... 24 more you can select from. And the way it's going to work is this. I am going to ask a Game of Thrones trivia question um, here. And then you will email your answers to me at dan.selke at winteriscoming.net. Richard has kindly pinned it to the comments. Bless you, Richard. You're the best. And uh, the first person to get in their correct answer wins. I will get back to you, ask you for, you know, a name and address, and what you want to choose. If you get back to me, you get sent out. Good for you. However, if you don't respond in 24 hours, I have to go to the person who sent their answer next quickest. You Can we ship internationally? Is this open to everyone? No. No. Thank you. I always forget that. You're bit. welcome. This is uh, Fun.com has partnered with us for this very, very generously, but uh, they, we, we, we can't ship outside the... United States of America. I'm, so, I'm sorry about that to international viewers, but for the rest of you, let's get to the trivia question and see who can win their very own Game of Thrones Funko Pop figure. Love the head movement, Stan. Thank you. All right, the <laughs> trivia question is this. <clears throat> there are 19 castles along the wall. For the bulk of the series, only three are manned. Castle Black is manned, we all know that. East Watch by the Sea is also manned. Name the third castle on the wall that is actually manned. There are actually there are people at it. I will ask again. Uh, there are 19 castles along the wall. Uh, only three of them actually have people stationed there. Knights, watchmen stationed there who, you know, look for wildlings or cut down forests or whatever. We got Castle Black, where Jon Snow and Sam live. We got East Watch by the Sea, which Viserion blew the hell out of in the season seven finale. There's one other castle that actually has people stationed there. What is the name of that third manned castle on the wall? Email your answers to dan.selkietwinnerscoming.net. The first person to get on the right answer wins their own Game of Thrones Funko Pop figure. Fancy. I had to look this one up. I, I admit. This is I a little harder than I usually give. Yeah. I will admit it. I mean, I, it's, it's not impossible, no, but it is. I, I had to. I couldn't remember it off the top of my head, and I felt a little bad. And then I looked it up, and I said, oh, that's, yeah. So. And, 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 and Julie says, uh, if we change the international thing, that would please us very much, Dan. Uh, and sometimes we can. Uh, it, it depends on what kind of thing we're giving away and who we're working with. Mm -hmm. with, with Fun.com, they've been, they've been really generous. We have a whole bunch of stuff to give away, but it is only in the U.S., which is great. Thank you, Fun.com. You are the best. And we hope to give some international stuff in the future. But for now, it's uh, U.S., and I hope you guys get in your answers. And that is our show. That is our show. We'll be back next week. Josh Hill will be back for more A Song of Dan and Josh. Mm -hmm. He's off this week on vacation in Minnesota, I think. I don't we'll know. We'll be back next week with more Game of Thrones news, more Song of Ice and Fire news, 
a new episode of the song of Dan and Josh, and in the future, more giveaways. Woohoo! So we'll see you guys next Wednesday. And I see some folk already have it. Hooray. Wow. <laughs> Faster than me, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything you need for your next project today at Menards and save big money. LP SmartSide products are the number one brand of engineered wood siding. SmartSide trim and siding offers long-lasting performance and delivers the warmth and beauty of traditional wood. Save big money today at Menards and LP SmartSide products. Plus, visit Menards.com to view the weekly flyer and check out all of our great deals happening this week. Save big money.